From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. And a happy new year to you. I'm Graham VK4BB and this is the WIA National News for week commencing January the 1st, 2017. And WIA National News will be produced right through the New Year period. Just check with your local rebroadcaster as to retransmissions in your area. And remember, news is available in a free podcast by following the prompts on wia.org.au. Now, around VK, Sark at Great Eastern Fly-In. This Lismore Region Club will again be at the annual fly-in on the weekend of January 7-8. The location, the Evans Head Memorial Aerodrome. Just turn left at the first roundabout as you approach the town from Woodburn. It's free entry. You can expect a spectacular show. And also, take the opportunity to see the Air Museum, including the F-111 and Caribou aircraft. Sark will be monitoring and recording the air traffic on 124.2am. The location, on the veranda of the old canteen hut, directly opposite the main apron where the warbirds park. For more info, see the fly-in website, greateasternflyin.com. Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge. Peter VK2PR tells us the last quarter period of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge for 2016 ends at 0000 UTC today. If you've worked any DX between October to December 2016, head over to vk2au.org where you'll find a number of simple methods to submit your entry. Entry only takes a couple of minutes and are open until January 14 and results will be announced shortly after the closing date. Good luck and 73 wishing you good DX in the new year starting today. Time for WIA Board Talk. Advocacy, education, support. That's what we do. Anzac Publication, pre-sales extended. Due to the popularity of the WIA Anzac publication Men and Women at War, its pre-sales period has been extended a month. Already about 90 have been sold at an early bird discount price through the WIA online bookshop. It has a fully researched history on the development of wireless communications in the lead-up to and during World War I and through subsequent years and conflicts. As printing will not occur over this holiday break, the WIA has extended the discount on offer until January 23. And now to one of the directors who actually brings advocacy, education and support to life. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with news about the new 60 metre amateur band. Although the updated Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan commences on the 1st of January, that's today, the Australian Communications and Media Authority has many T's to cross and many I's to dot before we can begin to use the new 60 metre amateur band at 5.3 MHz. The International Telecommunications Union, the ITU, at the World Radio Communications Conference in November 2015, otherwise known as WRC15, approved the worldwide allocation of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz to the amateur service on a secondary basis. 
The amateur service is not the only one affected, and many other radio communications stakeholders have to wait for the administrative and regulatory details to be updated before the changed provisions of the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan 2017, posted on the ACMA website in the week before Christmas, can be exploited. We will bring you more details on future broadcasts when they come to hand. Keep a lookout on the WIA website. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News. Discussion point. And the following is extracted from VK4's Q News, the broadcast which will be heard today on January the 1st, 2017. And it comes from Jeff, VK4ZPP, who's been thinking again. What is the new year? Is it a symbol for the new starts in life? Or just a construct? at the start of a new cycle of the calendar. My guess is that there are people feeling a bit lagged this Sunday morning after partying and welcoming 2017. Yes, 2017 could be a year of change for many. With a change of administration in the United States and the world is waiting to judge the effects of new attitudes from the incoming president. The local radio scene is waiting for consultations with different constituent users of the wireless spectrum to finish, and the ACMA to release the drafts of the new legislation, replacing the current law. We amateur radio operators are a privileged group with special allowance made for our experimental use of the airwaves. However, it is the local regulator that draws the lines around our operating rules, and we can trust that the advocacy from the WIA has been successful in maintaining the basics and increasing privileges for our foundation operators. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? What use is an F-call? I'm a child of my time, and my perspective is the result of input from fellow amateurs. I'm often in the group of amateurs who would rather buy than build, rather get something done than do it yourself. The black box brigade, if you like. The same is true for the antennas I use. I've been struggling with some verticals on the back of my car for months. I've got it working, mostly, but it was a lot of stuffing around. In the end, I added a black box in the form of a tuner to make it work, sort of. The radio clubs I associate with have towers and multi-element beams. They're antenna farms, rotators, switch boxes, amplifiers and the like. All far removed from a simple setup. Most of these are purchased and put together rather than designed and built. During the week I spent some time with the other side of radio. A simple fishing pole with a string of wire sitting on a groin pointed into the ocean picking off signals left and right. Until now I've been approaching this along the lines of get the antenna that works, make contacts, rinse and repeat. Sitting on the groin in the warm sun it occurred to me that there is nothing wrong with that idea but that I was missing out on the journey along the way. I've been looking at my antenna problems as an annoyance, preventing me from getting on air. And while it did annoy me, it also taught me lots about vertical antenna design, about inductance, reactance, impedance and more. I like shiny new things, radios, computers, antennas and all the rest of it. But I've come to the realisation that there can also be a journey along the way. I'm not sure it's smelling roses, let's call it enjoying the electrons. It remains to be seen if that translates into me making wacky antenna designs or not, 
But one thing I learned is not to be afraid of trying anymore. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, VK7WI News, VK3 Papa Charlie, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio at Yale, 85 years and going strong. Founded in the early 1930s, the Amateur Radio Club at Yale, Whiskey One Yankee Uniform, had a strong run for many decades. But activity started quieting down by the 1980s and 90s as other technologies became shiny and new. But in recent months, the snap, crackle, pop, hiss and chatter of amateur radio systems is springing back to life in the Yale community and around New Haven. The DIY aspect of ham radio culture is a big part of its recent surge in popularity, said James Supernant, Whiskey One Yankee Uniform's current first vice president. New 60-metre allocations for Germany and Ireland. The German telecoms regulator, B. Netzer, has enabled access to the WRC 1560-metre amateur allocation for all German Class A licensees as of the 20th of December. The allocation is from 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz on a secondary basis with maximum power 15 watts EIRP and a maximum bandwidth of 2.7 kHz. All modes are permitted and the German National Amateur Radio Society, DARC, recommends the use of USB and the IARU Region 1 provisional band plan for 60 metres. Separately, Comreg announced on the 22nd of December that amateurs in the Irish Republic have access to the 5 MHz WRC15 band with immediate effect. The allocation again is 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz on a secondary basis. All modes and 15 watts PEP. IRTS recommend usage in line with the provisional IARU band plan. Sean, Echo India 7 Charlie Delta, the IRTS Comreg Liaison Officer, reports that this allocation does not affect the availability of existing channels centred on 5280, 5300, 5332, 5348, 5400 and 5405 kHz. Special authorisation, however, is still required for these channels at an annual licence fee. Ham Radio Software Company alleged to have blacklisted users for leaving negative reviews. The registered newspaper, link in our text edition, reports the story on November 2 Sierra Uniform Bravo, who, it is alleged, had his copy of popular Ham Radio Deluxe software revoked after posting a negative review. Other radio hams have followed up with these claims that this was not an isolated incident and others may have had their licence keys blacklisted for being publicly critical of the company. And just to be clear, by blackballing the keys, installed copies of the software stops working. The issue is not the refusal of service. The issue is that HRD disabled my software and then offered to enable it in exchange for the removal of an online review of their product. 
It's extortion, not refusal of service, he claims. Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, is aiming for personal mobile ultra-low frequency transmitters to communicate through water and soil. Radio frequency signals hit veritable and literal walls when they encounter materials like water, soil and stone, which can block or otherwise ruin those radio signals. With his newly announced A-mechanically-based antenna, AMEBA, effort, Program Manager Troy Olson of DARPA's Microsystems Technology Office is betting on a little exploited aspect of electromagnetic physics. The plan is to use ultra-low frequency, ULF, ultramagnetic waves, 300 Hz to 3 kHz, which can penetrate some distance into media like water, soil, rock, metal and building materials. French 162 kHz Broadcast Licence The French Superior Council of Audiovisual Content, CSA, is calling for expressions of interest in broadcasting on 162 kHz. They say, in accordance with the provisions of Article 26 of the Amended Freedom of Communications Act of September 30, 1986, and at the request of the government, the CSA decided to withdraw from Radio France the use of the 162 kHz frequency for broadcasting of France International. In order to determine whether the Commission should initiate the procedures necessary to appeal the 162 kHz frequency, it decided to issue a call for expressions of interest for the broadcast of a radio service on the 162 kHz frequency. Responses are expected no later than January 16, 2017. Now, I wonder if here in VK, with the closure of ABC shortwave to the Pacific, a similar plan will be put forward. Just imagine the M's on shortwave. Looking back at WIA News of December 18, we reported on the recommendation of IARU Region 2, a new Belize amateur radio club, complied with the requirements of the Constitution and bylaws of the IARU, and therefore a membership vote has been sent to all IARU member societies. Here in IARU Region 3, your Wireless Institute of Australia has voted yes to accept the Belize Amateur Radio Club and the IARU International Secretariat will announce the vote outcome in May. Meantime, the Chinese Radio Sports, CRSA, has been merged with the Chinese Amateur Radio Club and Region 3 has now accepted that it now be the successor IARU Society. Well, that wraps up international news for 2016. To all of our listeners, wishing you a safe and happy new year from the news team here at VK1WIA. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and I'm perplexed and dismayed. I see a lot of postings and uh, debate on Facebook that focus on the decline of the solar cycle, with many operators lamenting the loss of long-haul DX on 10 metres and 6 metres. It reminds me of a line from one of the goon shows, in which Henry Crun is driving Minnie Bannister in a very noisy car. The chugging of the engine gets rather laboured and slows down, to be followed by a loud pop and fatang. After a short silence, Minnie asks Henry, what, what is it, Henry? To which Henry replies, the wick in the engine's gone out. Well, the wick and old soul may be going down a little, but that's no reason to despair about the loss of long-haul DX because there's one means of ionosphere propagation that does not depend on the wick and the sun to fire it up. I'm talking about sporadic E. You may recall that a few broadcasts ago, 
I explained how sporadic E was formed in the ionosphere by wind shears at heights around 90 to 130 kilometres, sweeping metallic ions into clouds of thin sheets, which supported propagations at frequencies extending into the VHF spectrum. The formation of sporadic E across the globe is not dependent on the waxing and waning of solar radiation. Under the right conditions in the neutral, that is unionized, gases of the E region of the ionosphere, sporadic E will form from many rafts of wind shears across large regions of the globe, sufficient to support multi-hop propagation across distances of 10,000 to 18,000 kilometres or more. I've spent many rewarding hours investigating reports of long-haul DX on the 6-metre and 10-metre bands over the past decade or so, to learn how the signals got from one operator to another at great distances. Compiling and analysing the relevant data often leads to dead ends, because suitable data on the ionosphere is not always available, or it shows up that the propagation was perhaps by another means, maybe part sporadic E and part F-skip. But when all the data lines up, and the path was most likely completed by sporadic E, bingo. The propagation research work of others in recent years convincingly demonstrates that giving away operating on 10 metres and 6 metres because the solar cycle is waning is not a sensible strategy for chasing DX. In particular, I refer to the work of Andrew Martin, VK3OE, who developed and operates a chirp radar on the amateur bands using his remote station, VK3OER, at Harcourt in central Victoria. Andrew's chirp radar doesn't need high power as with a conventional radar, but exploits some powerful signal processing to achieve results. If you Google Backscatter Radar VK3OE, you will find examples of long-haul sporadic E on 10 metres and 6 metres, published by Andrew on the VK Logger Forum. Good examples include up to 7 skips on 10 metres via sporadic E from VK3 to North America. Don't take down your 10 metre or 6 metre beams. There's DX to be had right through the coming solar minimum. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017. January 1 to December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. January is the WIA's Ross Hall Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January 1, MSAT CW Activity Day, 24 hours. All forms of CW are welcome. The Treaty of the Danish West Indies. A special event throughout 2017 celebrates the 100th anniversary of the United States Virgin Islands. The EDR Ham Radio Club of Skanderborg will use the call sign OZ100DVI from January 1 until December 31. OZ100DVI will be on all bands and includes further activity from St. Thomas Island on the Lake Skanderborg. Robert, DU7ET operates as 4F7OC from Negros Island, WLOTA3568, between the 15th of December and the 15th of January. QSL via DU7ET. During the weekends in December and January, members of the radio clubs Puebla DX and AREPAC plan to activate IOTA groups NA221 and NA224 with the call XF2L. QSL via XE1SOV. The Wild Atlantic Way. Irish radio amateurs will be on the air in 2017 with special call signs along a West Coast tourism route that passes through nine counties and three provinces. The Wild Atlantic Way is 2,500 kilometres long on the rugged coast overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. 
some nine call signs EI11WAW through to EI99WAW will be tied to an Irish county. Each offer a special QSL card and award. Award news. National Parks. Not just in Australian activity, but in the USA, the AWRL also run a National Parks Award. One ham radio family recently went to the Canaveral National Seashore, SSO2, and there was a launch of an Atlas V rocket while 10-year-old Hope, KM4IPF, was operating on 20 metres. What a blast this National Park activation was. Eight-year-old Gross, KM4TXT, got on the air with the new family club call, WK1DS, and made quite a few contacts as well. As well as Hope and Gross, the other family members are Michelle, N8, ZQZ, James, WX4TV, 14-year-old Zechariah, and 11-year-old Faith Hannah, AE4FH. Watch quite possibly the most epic NPOTA activation video yet. YouTube, Google, KM4IPF, at SSO2, with Atlas V launch. Media Watch. Remember, VK2WI News will be a morning-only transmission with the usual morning lineup. VK1WIA followed by VK2 News plus the ARRLDX News. The transmissions will be at 10am EDST, being New Year's Day and the 8th of January. The evening transmissions resume on Sunday the 15th of January. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, IARU Region 3, Radio Hams to help add Ganga Sagar Mala. The Indian Express reports West Bengal Radio Club members are to help find missing pilgrims at the annual Ganga Sagar Mala in January. This is the annual gathering of Hindu pilgrims to take a holy dip in the Ganga, where the river merges with the Bay of Bengal. Amberish VU2JFA, secretary of the Bengal Amateur Radio Club, says we are trying to help find missing persons from different spots, and we're working with local agencies and NGOs to have set up a website which will look to make the sharing of information among people easier. Now on to digital, the WSJT Development Group has released WSJT-X version 1.7.0. The WSJTX software suite is designed to facilitate basic amateur radio communication using very weak signals. WSJT stands for Weak Signal Communication by K1JT. Joe Taylor, K1JT, recommends reading the extensively updated WSJTX version 1.7 user guide, which describes new features and capabilities relative to version 1.6. This version 1.7 includes new modes, ISCAT, MSK144 and QRA64, newly implemented sub-modes JT65B-C and JT9B-H, and a new Frankie Taylor decoder to replace the Codavati decoder previously used for JT65. Improvements to the JT4, JT9 and JT65 decoders, multi-pass decoding for JT65 and Whisper, and improved convenience features for EME Doppler tracking. Looks like they did a lot of work. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey. On behalf of the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia, may I wish everyone a truly happy, healthy and safe New Year. 
I'd also like to remind all listeners that in keeping with normal practice, there is no RAOTC bulletin for January. Our first bulletin for 2017 will be on Monday, February the 6th. Please remember though, should you wish to hear any of the last six months bulletins, you can download these audio files from the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au Once again, www.raotc.org.au where you can also find details about the RAOTC, its objectives and how to become a member. So just repeating, the first RAOTC bulletin for this year will be broadcast next month on Monday, February the 6th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6, CSW. Rewind. A look back at our history. A major turning point in radio and electronics was the invention of Lee de Forest's Audion, or the first vacuum tube triode. Initially, the valve or vacuum tube diode was invented by John Ambrose Fleming, who adapted a light bulb by adding a second element to it, thus creating a diode that could rectify. But Lee de Frost added a third element, giving us the amplification of a triode, and thus began a new age, taking the world from the spark gap and crystal detector era. As we know, the triode has three elements, a heater or filament, a grid and a plate. A small electrical signal applied to the grid can control a larger current flowing from the filament to plate. Not only did it detect wheat radio signals, it could then amplify them to produce audio. Further development saw the triode serve as an oscillator in radio transmitters. It led the way to radio broadcasting long-distance telephone, talking motion pictures, and many other applications. This year marks the 110th anniversary of electrical engineer Lee DeForest's Audion, the most famous of his 180 patented inventions. The discovery inspired many others who found later uses for the control of electron flow through thermionic emission in a vacuum, including more elements and the cathode ray tube. It resulted in the start of broadcasting in the mid-1920s, the valve radios in most homes now overtaken by the transistor radio. In modern electronics, solid-state devices have replaced the valves, although they are still used in some high-powered transmitters, guitar amplifiers, and specialist audio equipment. Rewinding. This has been Brian, VK3GR. It's not far away. The 2017 Wendark Hamfest and Car Boot Sale. Sunday, February 19 at the Werribee Masonic Centre, 223 Watton Street, Werribee. The Western and Northern Districts Amateur Radio Club Hamfest is the only event of its type in Western Melbourne. And it's huge. With heaps of free parking, bacon and egg breakfast, sausage sizzle lunch, free tea and coffee, heaps of major and minor door prizes with each ticket and entry into the major prize. And don't worry about the weather as the entire event is undercover or indoors. Entry is only $6, with doors opening at 10am and ticket sales from 9. See you there. The Wendark Hamfest and Car Boot Sale, Sunday, February 19th, Werribee. For more details on attending the event or hosting a table, Google Wendark Hamfest 2017 or contact Andy, VK3, VKT on 0409 160 948. The 2017 Wendark Hamfest and Car Boot Sale, Werribee. Don't miss it. 
And from VK3, we continue the social scene. We have a look at February 26 on the central coast of New South Wales. It's the Wyong Field Day at 8.30am. March 26, back in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest, the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, the Clareview Gathering. May 19, in VK, it's the big one, it's the WIA AGM at Harndorf. Alara Meet 2017 is held in Cairns later in the year, September 9 through 10. And November 12, back in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at 8am. And you can contact David VK5KC at wia.org.au or Roy VK5NRG at wia.org.au if you'd like to find out more or if you're interested in becoming a trader. Now till next we meet, no, actually, just before we do go, a comic strip tribute to close, uh, to code. We close this week's newscast with this story of a classic comic strip with a surprise element, Morse code, and it is with thanks to Amateur Radio Newsline. Now, Samuel Morse isn't exactly the kind of character you'd find in the pages of any comic strip, much less the classic strip, The Phantom. The Phantom, an avenger with a sense of justice, was created in the 1930s, long after Samuel Morse devised his system of dots and dashes in the 19th century. In the strip's earliest days, The Phantom was already using amateur radio to send important messages. It seems that in the intervening years, he hasn't forgotten ham radio's reliability, nor has he forgotten his CW. Now he's an older, wiser Phantom, and the father of two, including a son attending college at a remote Himalayan location. He's seen in the comic's recent story thread keeping tabs on his son by communicating with one of his teachers via code. His wife, of course, asks a crime-fighting husband, isn't that obsolete? The Phantom replies, not at all. Right you are, Phantom. That's what makes you our hero too. I'm Graham VK4BB. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.